You're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys. Help us grow by subscribing and downloading each episode. Appreciate it a lot. My name is Jake, and joining me is my co-host, Mitch. Mitch, I got a question for you before we get started. Are you a barbecue guy? Like, fire up the grill, barbecue. I don't do it a ton. Like, we have one, and I'll do it once in a while. But I tend to cook a lot more, like, Italian food. Sure. Which is a little less barbecue-centric. So I'll do it, but not not (laughs) a a little. A little, just a little bit. I'm on a kick of it lately. Um, I just picked up like some chicken. I, I'm going to go crazy this weekend. I can't wait. Um, Cause it's a holiday for us. Fourth is of July is on the, uh, on Monday. It's a little bit more of a somber celebration this year, but uh, I, I guess I'm going to celebrate somehow, but I was going to ask how you, uh, how you prepare uh, the meat that you barbecue. Like, do you marinate? Do you season it? Do you, do you stab it with light tubes like Slade? <laughs> I, how, do you, uh, how do you prepare the meat for barbecue? I'm usually more of a seasoning than a marinade kind of guy, but... Right? That's where, that's I, where I'm at. I mean, I guess sometimes I do stab it because, you know, depending what, what you're barbecuing, sometimes you got to score it a little bit and, right? and sneak some seasoning deep in, so... You never thought to use a light tube for it, but hey, there's a first time for everything. So, hey, got a couple uh, in my Slate, kitchen. One's got a broken out. one or two for you. So, I've, I've got a burnt out one in my kitchen that needs to go away. I just never thought that was going to be the way to get rid of it. But hey, I'll give it a shot. Well, definitely watch the clip of Slade uh, using a broken light tube on Hood Foot, and uh, maybe you get some inspiration there. Um, you brought it up in our pre-production meeting that you want to talk about that. I hadn't seen the clip. You're like, did you see the clip from GCW? And I was like, like two cold Scorpio landing on <laughs> Ali catches head. Like, I mean, sure. We can talk about that if you want. And uh, no, you redirected me to something far crazier. Oh, than that. Was that ever gruesome? I, well, we were just talking about either last episode or the episode before with Janella and the boot and the fact that they never have medics on site and like Cardona. That might have been the stuff. lost episode. Last it, week's episode is yeah, unfortunately lost. May have not ever seen the light of day, but the big discussion was GCW not having medics around. And of course, sure as shit, like the week after we, we recorded talk about that, I see, you know, all corners of the internet blowing up with this disgusting clip where Slade breaks the light tube in half, hands one half to Hoodfoot, and they literally have a sword fight with it. And of course, it digs into his arm because it's a broken light tube. And he starts basically bleeding out and telling the ref to F off. Deep, the too, dude. Yeah, oh, it was crazy deep. Uh. Like, that's not the type you pull out before you go to the hospital. Like, <laughs> you leave that in and go. And Slade's pulling the ref off, still trying to smash him with it. Like, and the referee just ran over with some tape. Yeah, like he's just gonna wrap tape over it. And yeah, keep going. Could you? Oh my gosh! So thankfully, the match did stop. I assume, I hope he went to the hospital. I mean, your country and healthcare is always a little bit of a crapshoot too. So who knows if he could go to the uh, hospital? But 
USA, USA. Yeah, dude. Um, is, has there been any update? Like, if, is he okay? Like, is there I any... I haven't heard anything. I mean, I know he's off whatever their next show is because it'd be like the <laughs> typical two day stuff. So thankfully, he's not going out the very next night to wrestle. But that that's all I know. Jeez, man. Yeah, I um, yeah, I was on the last episode. I kind of uh, buried GCW a little bit before we talked about uh, Will Ospreay and Nick Wayne. Um, just just the whole, like you said, the Cardona incident, wherever he was bleeding profusely. Um, it kind of put GCW on the map, but also, I mean, no medical crew in the back is so brutal, especially if you're running death matches. So I don't know if that changed for this tournament. I would hope so. Um they're not really transparent, so I don't know if we'll ever figure that out. But um, let's talk about something significantly more fun. Yes, uh, we just we decided to cover AEW more frequently on this show. One because the indies have really let us down this year so far. There's only like what I would say three promotions that we even get half what excited for. Two yeah. of them I, I get really psyched for, but. Um, so we're going to talk more AEW and I felt like this week would be really good. Um, we didn't do like an instant podcast after the uh, forbidden door pay-per-view and we didn't do one after blood and guts, just schedule wise. It didn't work out. I was out of town for a bit. Um, things didn't work. So now we have the advantage of talking uh, how well the pay-per-view did um the financial stuff really the stuff that uh mitch and i geek out about so uh this gives us a chance to kind of have bigger picture thoughts so um forbidden door Let, let's talk about the show itself before we get into the kind of the minutia and what we thought big picture some people are throwing around that this is not only one of aew's best pay-per-views but one of the best pay-per-views ever um where, where do you land on that I don't think that's necessarily undeserved. I mean, there was really only one kind of awkward spot through the whole show. The crowd was hot from start to finish. Uh, definitely up there for AEWs, which I think kind of puts it into up there for best pay-per-views ever. Just, I mean, those are kind of mutually inclusive statements for the most part. There's just not that many old, I mean, there's obviously a few old WWE ones and some old WCW ones, but there's just not that many that can vie for that title. So if it's, if it's one of the best AEW ones, it's automatically up there right? just by default. Yeah. I, I thought the show um, from start to finish was a ton of fun. Um, we got probably one of the best women's matches we've ever had in AEW. Uh, Claudio was the surprise entrant and had a, a really long match with Zack Sabre Jr., but it was a match that I was really into the whole time. Um, the final stretch of the show was really good. Uh, I think the, the only, the only thing that kind of took me out of it was the finish of the IWGP match yeah. where Cole, like something was just wrong with Cole and it was abrupt. And I, in the moment, the crowd was confused. I was confused. Uh, we even went back to try to figure out what happened. We, we did the Zapruder film, <laughs> like what, watch her. All right, back into the left. What uh what back into the left? What but yeah, 
I guess he got. Did anyone ever figure out like what the concussion spot was? Not, not that I've, I've heard. It's of hard it. to figure out. Yeah, I watched the match back once too, and I, I couldn't tell you. I don't even know if it got caught on camera. It, it could have yeah, been anything. Concussions are tricky like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like as clunky as that finish was, credit to Jay White for protecting yeah, Adam. Hundred uh, percent. I don't think he's getting enough praise for that. Uh, he he pushed Okada out of the ring mm-hmm. and just immediately he held Adam Cole down yeah. for the pin, uh, which was really good. So that was that was Sting and Jeff Hardy hold him down, but like under better circumstances. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you have that guy's best interest in mind. Um, the show itself was awesome. I had a total blast watching it. Um, I don't know. I one of my like literally only criticisms of AEW most of the time is how terribly they build their pay-per-views. They normally focus really well on like two or three things. Everything else just feels really rushed. And this had a three week build uh, double or nothing was like less than a month ago. And we had three weeks to build up to this. So that said, was that enough time for a pay-per-view? I don't think it would have mattered in this case. They had to change the cards so many damn times just with all the injuries. There was, I think they did the best with what they could, but for a pay-per-view like this, I think you can do it in three weeks because you can't have people overseas for much longer than that without completely neutering your own promotion. And I think it's a pretty fair guess to say that the event's likely going to be held in Japan, if not next year, the year after for sure. Yeah, the um, the thing I wanted to touch on real quick, I had to explain this to um, the person I was watching the pay-per-view with, my buddy. Um, New Japan, and I don't think a lot of people know this, New Japan's business is strictly live gate. Mm-hmm. Like it's the money that they make off of lo- uh, live events, like that's, that's how they make their money. Uh, New Japan World is pretty successful. They move a lot of merch, uh, a lot of, you know, t-shirts and towels and stuffed animals and stuff. But their their real money comes from running shows, and that's why during the pandemic they would just run as many as possible. And honestly, I going into the show, I was really concerned with how much leverage New Japan thinks they have over AEW. And I was uh, from everything that I've heard, Jado really kind of held things up as far as who could get pinned, mm-hmm. who couldn't. Um, do you think that that affects the likelihood of another Forbidden Door pay-per-view? No, I think the money talks. They did a tremendous gate on this. The pay-per-view buys are coming through really, really strong already. Um, sounds like it did really well on New Japan World as well. I, I think overall, there weren't really many people who got pinned who were unexpected. I think everything was pretty well protected, so... I think the as the years go on, booking it's going to become more and more difficult. But overall, I I don't think it presented that many tough questions this year, so it's pretty easy to justify running it back without a lot of hesitation on either side. Yeah, I'm so as far as pay per view buys goes, uh, it actually so I had a feeling that this show was going to be successful, um, just because you know you're going to have additional mm-hmm. New Japan interest that you don't have through normal AEW buys. I had no clue this was going to do significantly better than the pay-per-view we just had. Uh, you know, that was main evented by CM Punk mm-hmm. and Hangman. Like I'm I I was shocked by that. I don't know about you. 
Um, I was and I was. It's double or nothing this year was was a good pay-per-view, but it definitely didn't carry the same as a few of their previous ones, even with Punk and Hangman. So I'm not surprised the the pay-per-view buys on it weren't quite as big. Yeah. Yeah, I um I mean, just given how the elite and New Japan split went down, this event feels like a miracle. I, I'm I'm shocked it still even happened. Like I, I really think we're gonna look back on this period of wrestling. And I think a lot of people are jaded right now and don't understand how special all of this stuff is. It, it really does feel like there's an alternate history just mm-hmm. about every single month in this company um, of what like could have happened, what should have happened. Uh, I think people need to be a lot more thankful for what, what has happened than they are. Yeah. I think that's, that's part of the, the extra buys in that too, is like it's, this even with half of the well not half but with some of the big names out on on both sides really it's still such a surreal thing that this actually came to fruition mm-hmm. like it's this that this was all in too and it was far more official and <laughs> i i can't believe it actually existed yeah it doesn't feel real no even with the card that we ended up with you know mox tanahashi is still a huge main event Mm -hmm. i I don't understand the people who don't think that mox is a big enough star to carry the company because really whenever whenever you look back mox is the whole reason the company got off the ground he was the dude that the fans in wwe chose in the shield that were like this guy is awesome he's a great talker He's really fun in ring. The fans grabbed onto him. And whenever he was like, uh, I'm done, this is stupid. And I hate what I'm doing. Basically the whole CM Punk route, but he finished out his contract mm-hmm. where he was just like, you guys made me hate what I love. And then immediately came here and is the giant star. Yeah, no Mox Mox is still a huge deal. And it, it baffles me that people don't think that way. Jay, Jay White can trot out the nickname and kayfabe all he wants, but the true catalyst is John Moxley. Yeah. This pay-per-view doesn't happen without Moxley. He made it clear to both sides he was working both companies, and it didn't matter what they thought about it. And he had enough pull with both companies that he could make that happen. I mean, you look at the reaction he got in New Japan when those vignettes became clear that Death Rider was John Moxley. Like yeah. he was an instant star in Japan, which for a gaijin coming from WWE is a really special thing because a lot of Japanese wrestling fans are really company loyal and don't necessarily watch a ton of other promotions. Like, yeah, WWE is not very no, big in Japan. There are New Japan fans who watch New Japan. There are Stardom fans yeah. who only watch Stardom. There are Noah fans who only watch Noah. And then there are like 10 people that might watch WWE. Like, it's not a big deal there. It's very it's just niche. Not. Yeah. yeah, it's a really niche market. And so for someone like Mox to be that instantly well received is a big deal. And we can look back over the first year, year and a half of AEW ratings, and it's it's very clear that Mox was a big factor in in bigger ratings numbers. It's not even debatable. It's it's very evident. Yeah, yeah. Mox is definitely what's the what's the phrase? The straw that stirs the drink. Like he, everything that he does is amazing. Like I don't know if Blackpool Combat Club works without Moxley. Um, which, by the way, I I just finished Blood and Guts, and dude. 
the instant chemistry that him, uh, Claudio, <laughs> and you to have yeah. was phenomenal. Dude, I, I think Danielson's coming back sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. I That group is going to have a rocket on their back. And I, I, I don't know what's next for them. Maybe I'm, I'm guessing the uh, the spooky boys, but I, I don't really. I, which, by the way, Brody King Mox is going to be an awesome match. I cannot wait. Um, so anyway, the other the other thing I want to talk about was. I think that there's this narrative going around. That was started by people who hate AEW about all the injury stuff. And saying, like, how can they even put a show together with everyone hurt? Um, so first and foremost, have you heard anything about a CM Punk timeline? Because it is radio silent. It is completely silent. I All I can do is take an educated guess based on what the likely injury is and what the typical timelines are. I, I think, I mean, it led to surgery, so it was more severe than a lot. And I'm guessing what happened, since we're thinking right. it's ankle and foot, is there's a couple small ligaments and tendons that became detached that they needed to surgically repair and reattach, which makes me think we're probably looking at five, six months minimum. Right. But, I mean, yeah, if I think it was... done until 2023. Yeah, if it was a non-surgical foot or ankle thing, we're likely still looking at 12 weeks if it's that serious that they needed to name an interim champion because you're probably looking at a month and a half on crutches and a boot and another month and a half of rehab, add in the surgery. And I think, yeah, early early 2022 with the pay-per-view, the first pay-per-view to be back for being Revolution seems the most most likely timeline. But honestly, nobody's saying a damn thing. So this is just completely blind conjecture based on what I think the injury right. might be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bummer that punks out, but really I think this is going to be good for his career long-term to yeah. have some more rest. Cause dude, yeah. he was, he was going at a pretty good clip there yeah. for a bit. Um, so punks off the table. Uh, the next major injury that I want to get to is Kenny Omega. Uh, he had a really heartbreaking interview mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he was basically, you want to run us through that? So basically the, the line he said was, if I have one more major injury, like rehab setback, I'm done because I can't do this again. I'm going through insanely painful rehab two, three times a day. And I just, I can't put myself through this again. If I get another setback, I'm done. Um, I think a fair amount of that is in the moment frustration, which makes me think there has been a recent setback in his recovery. Like, recent within the past two or three weeks that set him back and he's likely dealing with uh, some frustrations with that at the same time I mean if we look at just how many injuries he had and didn't even realize he had until he actually stopped I I think any future Kenny Omega match I get is is a blessing and I'm counting myself lucky if I even get one more but if we get no more it's still a hell of a career (laughs) yeah yeah the um it's a bummer, dude. Like he's he's one of my all-time favorites. And I will say the one spot of his that I absolutely hate are his like uh her Coronas, the, the mm. Frankensteiners, where it looks like he lands on his neck and shoulder. Like I I, I don't know. I, that every time he does it, it freaks yeah. me out. I'm like, oh, you need to knock that off. Ibushi's um, partner likes to land on his head. I never yeah, really I know. Guessed, Weird, like... right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be particularly heartbreaking if we yeah. never get another in-ring moment with Omega yeah. and Ibushi. 
Um, or, you know, even Omega coming down to make the save for a hangman mm-hmm. down the road, something like that. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really heartbreaking, but just hearing him talk about mm-hmm. he's been hurt for like four or five years and was battling with vertigo mm-hmm. and just, just multiple, like just multiple injuries that just let him so sore after every single match. And then you go back and watch some of those, especially the new Japan, like what he's yeah. known for. Yeah before he left that company like man that's more credit to him so hopefully we're not talking about him in the past tense um there's other injuries too we already talked about adam cole um thankfully from everything i've heard the concussion wasn't that big of a deal um and now he he does have something wrong with the shoulder i don't know if that was something that was confirmed or not yeah i think that was even pre forbidden door like it sounds like yeah. that oh was, no that was literally he was ice for like together. a month and a half like yeah. and then you know there's there's a handful of other ones but it, so anyway what i want to return to is there's this narrative that everyone's hurt they can't possibly put any good shows together but then it's like i, I look at it and i'm like dude this roster is still super stacked like you've got whatever hangman's going to be doing mox is on top the Blackpool Combat Club's hotter than ever. Jericho's going to be going into a program with somebody. Like, there's there's a ton of stuff there. I mean, you could push younger guys like Caster, mm-hmm. and it seems like Bowens is relatively close to coming yep. back. You've got the Keith Lee swerve thing. I mean, shit, dude. You've even got, like, the Bucks with their titles. They could literally defend against mm-hmm. anyone and put it together a banger. And FTR is at the height of their powers. We're about to have a new TNT champion who's ready to take the world by storm. So you re- <laughs> are you sure that Wardlow wins against Scorpio Sky? Because I, I'm I'm unconvinced. I think I've been I've been calling for Wardlow to be TNT champ for a very long time. But I I part of me feels a, like I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger yet. I'm happy either way because I really enjoy Scorpio Sky. So there's like, it's a win-win for me. I legitimately don't mind who wins that match. I'm happy they're the two that are fighting for it more than anything. Because we know Wardlow's the next champion, even if he doesn't win this time. And we've kind of set that precedent with a lot of previous title reigns. We look back, it's pretty common to lose your first shot at the title and come back and win it the next time. Hangman lost to Jericho. F of the... Lucha Brothers lost, Jung, yeah. Jurassic Express lost their first title chance. Like it's it's really, really common and a common way to book it. Um, Wardlow technically did lose his first chance, but under really nefarious circumstances. So we'll see. Um, that darn oh, hoodlum you, MJF. <laughs> I was going to say MJ, MJF is still on ice. I don't know yeah. if we're going to see anything from him anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but I mean, whenever he does come back, he's going to get a mm-hmm. huge pop. Um, that it has to be in front of a sold out crowd. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. And then you brought up the Jurassic guys. How rad is heel Luchasaurus? Oh, because we all God. knew heel Christian was going to be great. Oh, and we that's knew over Christian. delivering. And then he immediately said the match isn't for him. And you hear like, I mean, I hate Kane with a fiery passion and Glenn Jacobs might be the biggest piece of crap ever, but you hear that ominous music hit and it's, like they definitely tapped into that with the new Luchasaurus theme and then just turned it into more of a dinosaur theme than a yeah. big red machine thing. And it felt like an evil dinosaur coming out to destroy you. And I was all in on it. I, uh, I've been pitching the cane thing for a while. Yeah. Um, the wrestler, not the person. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, while we were watching the pay-per-view, um, my so uh, one of my other friends we were watching the pay-per-view with, she said, "It would." I know you're not a Will Ferrell guy, so bear with me for a second. There's the line from Step Brothers where uh, the dad was talking about how whenever he was a kid, he wanted to grow up to be a dinosaur. And his, his dad would be like, you're not a fucking dinosaur. And he was like, it crushed my dreams. I really wanted Christian to do something like pull his mask. And be like, <laughs> you're not a dinosaur. Give it up. And then whenever he eventually, you know, returns to being a good guy with Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy can give him the mask. He's like, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, anyway um but yeah getting back to it i mean even christian's gonna have a big program coming mm-hmm. up soon i think christian mox is money especially I, with how christian is right now based on um, christian's promos that's where it's heading like man dude aew's in really really good shape um and i don't know i still think you should put the tnt title on a really big star like claudio just pull the trigger on him now it, someone like him danielson someone really big but maybe Wardlow is at that point. So, like I said, I think, I think I'm, that I'm is Wardlow now. I, I think I, Wardlow I don't is think, that guy now. Yeah, I don't think Wardlow is... Uh, I don't think he's main event. Like, he's not going for the AEW title, but I, I think the TNT title is going to be a really good chance to show how good he is. Especially if he... Dude, imagine how good Wardlow Miro for the title is going to be. Like, just big hoss stuff. Like, I, I'm here for it. Um... The other thing I wanted to get to, um, Forbidden Door kind of kicked off this thing with the commentary team uh, where it started with Excalibur, Kevin mm-hmm. Kelly, and Taz. And JR didn't come in until the very end of the show. And then again, for Blood and Guts, JR mm-hmm. didn't come out until the Blood and Guts match. Uh, so he missed the first hour of the show. Um, I didn't watch it, but I think he was on commentary for Rampage. Um, yeah, yeah. So if we're going to be using JR less and less, uh, he, I think he renewed. It was for a little more than a year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they gave a specific time frame, but he is, he did resign, but dude, if they use him sparingly, I am so here for it. It, I, it, it made the show so much more enjoyable. I think we're going to have to have to wait and see what happens. I mean, the reason for him on Rampage, Jericho was tied up with blood and guts. So kayfabe right. wise, he can't pull Jericho out for commentary for a show 10 minutes after the match ends when he gets his ass kicked. But the other thing, and I don't know if this affected Skiavone or other people, but there was a lot of COVID going in on Wednesday. They're, like They were talking yeah. about quite a few matches that had, there's a reason nothing was announced besides blood and guts. And it was people were unavailable because they were getting sick. So I don't know if that had an effect on the commentary team as well. I think we'll need to see if this trend continues for three or four weeks before it's clear that that's what's happening. But man, it, it feels good, dude. It was a fantastic commentary team. I mean, Kevin Kelly is amazing and Taz and Excalibur work really well together. And they're so good at knowing when to shift gears. We watch them on yes. dark and they're just taking the piss out of each other and yeah. trying to corpse each other. It's until, PWG commentary the until the real match starts on dark. There's one match that they have to buy into and they flip it around like that. And then they are yep. the most professional team you can get. And they work so well off each other. I've always been a big fan of Taz on commentary. Yeah. My, uh, my sweet spot for wrestling 
um, like whenever I really got into it was never him and Michael Cole mm. were the commentary team for SmackDown, which again was Michael Cole at his best too. Yeah. Um, you know, those, uh, what was that? 2003, 2004 ish. Uh, I loved it. Um, but anyway, if there's some way I could get Kevin Kelly to sign full time and our booth is Excalibur, Kelly and Taz, Man, that's that's unbeatable, dude. And then you look at ROH, which we'll get to in a second. Dang, dude. AEW could quickly have like all of the best commentators mm-hmm. in the world. And then it's like, um, okay, so Rickaboni, how about you and uh Paul White do dark this week. Like there, there's just a whole bunch of different ways that you can yeah. go. Caprice Coleman has gotten really good too. I didn't start off as a big fan of his, but man, he is he's, he's gotten so lot, polished. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just go ahead and get to it. Um, we wanted to wait as long as we could before we got to AEW, but uh ROH wasn't scratching that itch because they weren't coming back. <laughs> it's announced ROH is coming mm-hmm. back. Death before um, dishonor, July 23rd. Yep. You want to fill us in on what we can expect on that show? Uh, We don't know too much yet. Um, The one significant thing aside from the card itself that doesn't sound super significant, but it's actually a big deal. It is going to be orderable through Bleacher Report as well as Fight. The last ROH pay-per-view is not. Um, The reason that's so meaningful is Bleacher Report has a partnership with AEW, not with Tony Khan specifically. So this lead some credence to the idea that there are some plans getting further and further in place to relaunching ROH as a weekly product. It's going to likely be tied in with Warner and all of the same kind of overseeing organizations that AEW's in. And it, it seems, I mean, that, we talked about it. We talked yeah. about it before too, like with this discover Warner merger, yeah. there's so many like extra TV. Yeah, exactly. Spending so I, stuff. So you could do like true TV or something like yeah, that. I think it's, it's it. a pretty big sign that ROH is ready to, to go back to a weekly show very, very soon. Um, in terms of the card itself, it's seeming like we're getting Gresham versus Brian cage for the ROH title. I think the match we're getting next week is going to be Gresham and Moriarty against uh, Khan and Toa Leona, Tully Blanchard's other two henchmen. But we saw Brian Cage back on AEW television for the first time in about a year and a half. So yeah. I think the sign is pretty clear that we're getting Gresham versus Cage. Does um, Gresham lose that match? I mean, we'll get into it whenever we end up previewing. But yeah, that's... Dude, I... You've got to do something with Brian Cage at this point. I would not be surprised to see Gresham lose, but we'll see. Um, then obviously Which, we'll have. Yeah. By the way, Terminus Three, it's coming, baby. It is, and you saw the the Gresham match for it. <laughs> Him versus Takeshita. Yep. <laughs> um. I yeah. I'm I'm I don't know if we'll end up covering that show, but uh, I saw that announcement. And I was like. Oh boy. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see where we go. But anyway, um, the other things that we can expect, um, I'm guessing FTR is going to have mm-hmm. a high profile tag team match. Um, I, it would be shocking if they go straight to tell these guys. Yeah. I don't think too. that would be the case, but, um, I don't know, but that said, like, I would expect FTR to be coming after the bucks pretty soon. Yeah. So having four titles might be a little bit much. So I think they have to win the fourth before they start losing them, though. That's the whole point. Yeah. Which I don't think we're waiting until all out for Bucks FTR. 
I that well, can main event TV and they could do it number. like one of the their fight for the fallen or fighter fest specials that they do over the summer. They can headline it for that and have it give it yep. 30, 35 minutes and they're good to go. The other match I'm I'm Joe versus versus Jay Lethal. Yep. Feels like it's been building for a year now. Um, it would be nice to have some resolution to that. Uh, hopefully, I, I don't know. Do you think that that would mean? Well, we can talk about that later down the road. Um, fantasy book, who's facing Yuta for the pure title? And why is it L. Lindemann? <laughs> I mean, it should be, but uh, I don't know who they're going to bring in for it. Like, do they bring in one of the guys from the Super Juniors for it? I mean, it makes the most sense, but. I, Keep that door open, baby. Let's go. I'm not. I'm not totally sure who it's actually going to be. I. So I don't know if they're going to go that route or just a, a combat club route where there's another feud that makes sense. Who knows? But yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on before we'll uh, we'll, we'll hang up the the topic of ROH. Um, do you know anything about Santana's injury from Blood and Guts? I've heard one rumor that he tore multiple ligaments. So like potentially ACL and MCL or ACL and PCL, like some combination. I don't know how reasonable that that rumor is, if it's accurate or not, but that the okay. only one I've heard is that it was really, 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 really bad. Cause he's been teasing for a long time now, basically like mm-hmm. since before his terminus event yeah. uh, that he wanted out and wanted yeah. to be a singles person. Um, I would assume that Tony Khan would do the right thing and extend him um, to whenever he's not yeah. injured. But what I think ROH would be a really good place for him. Yeah, it's it's weird to be honest. When it, the injury first happened, because it was such an innocent move, and you don't see it in fast motion, I legitimately oh that Uranagi sucked, dude. As soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, ah, that oh, knee just I, got stuck, dude. I didn't see, like, I wasn't paying super close attention when it happened. So I, a little part of me before, without, before I saw the actual move was like, is this, is this just a box? He didn't want to do the match. Are we just writing him off now? Like that, that thought crossed my mind because it's, it hasn't been a big secret that he's been talking about wanting out and wanting to, to do his own thing. I thought maybe this was the way they're writing him out. Uh, that Then I saw the replay and it was pretty clear, but yeah, if I had to pick between him and Ortiz, I'd pick Santana. Um, but I think there's a world where you can have both. Yeah. Um, and I think that him and, you know, ROH, while you do, you know, Eddie and Ortiz as a tag team, I think that has legs to it. But anyway, um, let's hang up this call yeah. and we'll jump Pause back in. and start the new one. Sweet. So someone that I would say is not a lock for Ring of Honor is Tessa Blanchard, <laughs> who is... Back getting bookings in the U.S. She um, is. The noticeable one was Warrior, which continues to show they have lost the plot completely. And um, I cannot wait to see what the politics of Athena versus Tessa Blanchard looks like. Uh, I mean, I'm going to watch the just, show. <laughs> so maybe they haven't just, lost the plot. Right? Do you think that this is, yeah, I was going to say, shoot, fight, let's go. (laughs) Um, Do you think that this is going to be a one-off thing and people are going to really pound on Warrior for booking her? Or 
is this kind of like testing the waters kind of like Zachary Wentz style to see if people are upset? I think it's definitely testing the waters. She has a history with warrior and what's really, really notable is when the whole thing with impact went down and she left impact and there were all the stories about the belts and all that kind of crap going around post that she still went into warrior to drop the belt in a match. Like she, she dropped the warrior belt. Yeah. She kept the impact one and just nailed it back. She dropped the warrior one. So there's definitely a good relationship between her and the people For that, once. that run warrior wrestling. So I think from their standpoint, they are definitely intending to bring her in regularly um, until such point where she was, you know, potentially signed somewhere major if that was ever somehow possible again, but you never know. Um, but I assume the plan for Warrior is regular bookings, and I wouldn't even be surprised if their plan is to have her take the belt right off Athena day one. But we'll see how that, that goes over with, uh, given that they like to use some AEW people too, Brian Cage especially. There's there's a lot of, lot of controversial balls in the air on this one. Um, she's also booked for Hurricane, I think. Those are the only two I've seen so far, but... Yeah, it's just those I, two two more than we've seen in a long time so how much name value does she have at this point i i mean this feels weird it because i feel like i feel like if someone like uh marty squirrel was popping back up on the indies that has significantly more appeal that's someone who did something far worse but that's someone who i feel like would have instant buzz Everything that I've seen about this, I know you're not very like active online, um, but everything I've seen is people have just been like, "Why are you bringing Tessa Blanchard back? Like, what? What are the? What's the? Mm-hmm. Where's the what, upside? Yeah, what's the? The cons is very like that's a very lengthy list, but the pros, it's like, I, you have a body on the show, and her match might be really good. Um, I don't know. I mean. I, I I don't see it. I don't get why you would take that risk of upsetting, you know, a major promotion that you're working with. It's it's very odd. That said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Impact just took her back immediately. Would not like, surprise but, me one bit. Yeah. Not one bit. Damn, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I've got nothing else on it. I don't know if you want to talk more about it. It's just gonna be fascinating to watch it play out. I mean, this is such a different situation than than so many of the others like there there were never reputations of Skrull being difficult to work with it was Skrull no, did never. something bad and he went away there were never reputations of Wentz being difficult to work with it was something bad popped up and they fired him Tessa it was hey something bad popped up and we can't stand working with you Go and away, you're an please. asshole yeah that, so anyway, like it, there's a lot more baggage that's not even associated with with the controversial things just with being a pain to work with. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch it play out, especially given that she just disappeared from women of wrestling's relaunch without a word, nothing official was ever said about it. She just disappeared. Wasn't at the tapings. Like obviously they, they parted ways, but neither party ever said a damn thing about it. It was radio silence on both halves she went from being the flagship person that was going to relaunch this promotion to just a ghost. So I don't know. I don't, we'll never know what happened there, but 
yeah, there's there's no telling. Everything I've heard is that she's just an absolute monster to work with. Um, except when she has to be on her very best behavior. So who knows? Um, all right, let's get into one of the only indies that we are <laughs> still super psyched for. Uh, West Coast Pro is going to be running Cruel Summer. Uh, yeah, next week. So like a week from today. Dude, I am I'm so psyched. This card is awesome. Uh, do you want to run us through it? Let me load it up. Dude, I um how do you feel about uh there's a dude on this card? Well, we'll just get to it when we get there. <laughs> um I think easily West Coast Pro is the best independent promotion right now, just as far as just you know, reliability. Yeah. AAW is really consistent. PWG is good, but dude, we still haven't even seen the last show yet. They're running this weekend too, which is mm-hmm. interesting. There's some awesome matches on that. Uh, we finally get Buddy Matthews and Mike Bailey in a legit match. So let's go. And then um, one of the dudes who really popped off in West Coast Pro, Titus Alexander, is making his mm-hmm. debut in PWG. And we both send each other messages like, uh he's he's on the precipice of being like nationally known so oh here we go all right we're gonna start off in true west coast fashion (laughs) with the conglomerate how else would we start off this time they're gonna go against jordan cruz levi shapiro and manders sure i then we have a very interesting one. We have our man, Mr. Gabagool, Vinny Massaro, taking on new free agent. What gear is he going to come out in? Alan, formerly known as Five Angels. Does he dress in half Dark Order gear? Is he going <laughs> to totally reinvent it? What's the play here? I think you totally have to reinvent it. Um he worked the combination shows that West Coast Pro and Prestige did, and he was like one of the only people that stood out on that second show. He, Alan Angels is really, really talented. I was bummed to see him leave AEW, and I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up there again, but this is his time to shine. I think he is instantly one of the top dudes on the independents, and I think he's going to show, I think he's going to show out. And this is going to be like a statement match. And honestly, if he doesn't beat Vinny Massaro, I'm going to be upset because uh, Vinny Massaro is just running through people left and right. Like he's <laughs> Goldberg uh, starting his streak. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, dude. Uh, Angel should get the win here. And I don't know if West Coast Pro is like his new home and we get an Allen Angels match every month and a Bailey match and a Titus match. Like the, the quality of this is just going to go through the roof. Well, interesting with, with angels departure too, he mentioned he, when his contract ran out, they did offer to retain him on a per appearance deal, which would have had limitations on his indie bookings. And right. he, he turned it down so that he could go full independent mode. So I don't think there's any bad blood. I think that the play is absolutely go and prove yourself so you can come back and get a higher dollar figure three or four years down the road. Cause the guy is very young. 
yeah i I didn't feel like this was like a janela situation Mm -hmm. or something like that where things kind of ended really roughly and honestly i think that's because they're two totally different people yeah i think angels is a really stand-up dude from everything that i've seen and he's very honest and straightforward so um not like i'm throwing janela under the bus i'm a big fan of the dude um but there there's there's a way that you split amicably and then want to go out there and prove yourself so um yeah I'm, i'm hoping he goes out there and steals the show yeah well, he is going to be immediately followed up by another match that could steal the show. What? Tits Alexander oh. against Jack Cartwheel. Man, I've... <laughs> or as I like to call him, Fancy Lance Storm. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, this match is going to be a blast. Uh, Titus is definitely in rarefied air right now as like top prospect status. And then Jack Cartwheel is an absolute blast to watch. Uh, he kind of just gets stuck doing a lot of GCW mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, where his ceiling is pretty pretty low. I'm really excited to see what he does here because uh, everything that I've seen outside of GCW, Jack Cartwheel just shines. Yeah. He's always doing really cool stuff. He's always jumping off of mezzanines and it's great. All right, we get into Zeta Zang against Masha Slamovich. Who's Zeta Zang? Because so, whenever I saw that, I thought it was the Hitler chick that uh, Tyler Black dated. No, no, that's some other wackadoodle. Um, okay. No, Zita Zhang is an Asian wrestler. She. Let me pull it up real quick. Let me may, put on the safe search and look for. She her. may or may not have had a stint in NXT, like behind the scenes training, and never made it to TV or was there briefly. I can't remember. Um, oh, she, she does MLW for. She me. was an attempted. She was. Her and Priscilla Kelly were the attempted relaunch of the women's division before this time at MLW. Yeah. Like for okay. a while, she was the only woman in MLW and they somehow she, uh, pretended to have a women's division. She had a dark match against Thunder Rosa, didn't yep. she? Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, I know exactly who this is. And yep. stop looking at pics because that's immediately butt shots. So <laughs> cool, cool, cool. It's really funny whenever you look up a female wrestler, mm-hmm. it, uh, it very quickly turns into OnlyFans. Um, and then Masha, who is mm-hmm. reliable. I think she's the most reliable woman on the independence. And I don't think there's an argument for another woman, unless you can make one. She's she's fantastic. She's she's rock solid. It should be a good good match and a dependable match. Uh, next up, we get Davy Richards against Kevin Blackwood. That's third in the series. So I'm expecting that this is either the blow off or I don't know them as a tag team. I know West Coast Pro doesn't really do that, but um hopefully they pay this off in a really cool way well i don't speak, know what what are you expecting i'm, I'm hoping at least to something cool we've kind of seen blackwood bouncing around with you know maybe some matches and things like that that haven't been doing many favors and he feels like he has he's been stagnant for a while so let's hope this is a chance for him to, to show out and elevate a bit um did you see the match he had against jay freddy in uh esw no no write that down okay <laughs> uh, I'm, like i'm serious that's like that, that's uh it happened like the middle of last month and we just mm. didn't get a chance to talk about it um just because blackwood didn't come up but you know kind of how down i've been on blackwood where i'm just kind of over the same shtick um i he's back he's back baby so uh definitely watch that one um yeah it was recommended and it, it's damn near perfect. It's going to be on a lot of people's like best of the year yeah. lists. 
So here's here's to him carrying that magic forward, and Kevin Blackwood uh, fulfills that uh, Buffalo promise like Danny Garcia did. All right. Oh, dude, this next match. Yeah, you're Let's just talking go. about them not doing much for tag team matches, but you know what they are doing? West Coast Wrecking Crew against Motor City Machine Guns. That Let's might go. be the best tag match you could put together on the independents right now. Dude, I'm really bummed that the Machine Guns haven't done like anything in AEW. Honestly, when they were in Detroit and Dan Salzen said he found two friends, I a little bit of me was like, the crowd popped for FTR as oh, they should. They did. But I but was there like, was a party was like oh machine gosh, guns, machine guns, blew it. machine guns. Like, let's go. Because again, you look at this. This is the again. You said it. This is West Coast Wrecking Crew is the best tag team on the independents. This is like the biggest tag team match that you can do. Maybe Briscoes. Yeah, I, I would think Briscoes, machine guns, but that's not new territory yeah um right like i feel like i've seen that match several times um i just i want shelly and saban versus the bucks again and i want them versus ftr like that let's put it out in the universe that that's what the roh one is yes yeah, like there's, um, there's your roh match but yeah this this match could easily steal the show yeah. um oh my gosh a bit Nelson and Isaacs are so over. Uh, man, I'm psyched. I can't even like pontificate. <laughs> I'm just really excited for it. Um, you know what match is probably not going to steal the show? Mike Bailey and Speedboy and Starboy Charlie. <laughs> hey, I'm much more into Speedboy Charlie than I am Starboy Charlie. <laughs> I mean, Mike Bailey's going to be Mike Bailey. And that's going to be awesome. Um, but, I, I think it just hurts because there's yeah. no way that Bailey wins this match, right? No, I, there's no way. So now we're in the territory where, sorry, trying to have a snack during the pod is not very polite. Um, Starboy Charlie is really over, but we're at the point now where we're sacrificing Speedball Bailey yep. for Starboy, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care for that. It's one thing for him to lose to uh, Titus. That makes that makes sense. Yeah. That's someone that you're building, but Starboy Charlie isn't going to be flying high for much longer. Um, I just, I don't know. It's hard to get psyched for that match because Speedball's going to Speedball. But oh, this next match though, yeah, I think it's going to make up for it. This one I am psyched for: ACH and Nick Wayne. I love this promotion. It is, it, it, it hasn't rivaled PWG as far as like looking at the card and being like, oh my God. But dude, this card is so consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you subtract that trios match at the top of the show. I am into every single one of these matches. Oh my gosh, dude. ACH is the man. And Nick Wayne is the boy. So this is going to be a really fun match. I can't wait for it. That's both guys really impressed. Yeah. And now it's time for the main event. Jacob Fatu defending against Tom Lawler. Um, we've definitely seen that match before, <laughs> but it's usually a good one. So 
Fatu's dropping the belt, right? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, Lawler's a California guy. I, I don't know. I'm not a Jacob Fatu guy. No, neither am I. Um, so I hope he drops it. And Tom Lawler can be a little iffy. So I wouldn't be shocked if he wins this title and then goes to do the G1 because I don't think they run again until August. And then that's the, the tournament that weekend, which the champ doesn't need to mm-hmm. be in. And then you set up Titus Alexander versus Tom Lawler. That's a lot more fun than Jacob Fatu, Titus yeah. Alexander. So, yeah, here's to Lawler getting the win, um, which makes Fatu as champ really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, not the most memorable run. So, yeah, next weekend. Get excited. Dude, this card is amazing. It's such a good card. I can't wait to review this. Um, what else is coming up next weekend? Uh, let's see. I'm looking at this weekend. That's not what I want. I mean, we can stay on the call and um, live review Money in the Bank. <laughs> Can you believe where that show is? Like it went from like Cody winning money in the bank in a stadium and pyros going off. And everyone's like, ah, the prodigal son is back. And I was like, uh, have fun with Seth fucking Rollins (laughs) as the top guy. Oh, that's what happens when you start juicing all of a sudden you tear things. Sorry. I mean, Hope everybody noticed that Cody suddenly blew up 30 pounds and then tore his peck off the bone. Yeah. That don't happen yeah. when you're clean. It don't tear that clean. Yeah. Um, Revolver's running next weekend, and that's a pretty interesting looking show. Ruby Soho versus Billy Starks. Get oh, into it. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> Jake Manning, Dan the Dad. Jessica Havoc versus Alley Catch. Match of the year, calling it uh, American Wolves against Mox and Callahan. That's that's a good match. That's a, that, big a lot deal of match. a lot of walking and a lot of brawling. Yeah, but that that's um, a big deal match. Bailey versus Manders. <laughs> I I'm kind of into this show. Yeah, I'll check this one out. That looks like a good card. I'm not seeing much else popping up for promotions or inclined to check but dude matt palmer rich swan and swerve as a tag team let's go but yeah that one looks like fun mm-hmm. i'll definitely check that one out um <laughs> that might be it dude so you ready for the big the other independent news um that's AEW related what's up First match back on the independence in England. Kip Sabian unmasked and had a match. Really? He is healthy and ready to go. Had a match and across jacked. the pond. He's, he's Holy jacked. crap, yes. He put in that work. If you dude. have not been following Kip Sabian's Twitter or Instagram, um, I mean, it's understandable. He hadn't done much before he got hurt, but you should probably go check out some of those progress picks because, oh, my God, did he okay. put the work in. But yeah, he had his uh, 
He had his first match back. I forget what promotion it was in England or who it was with. I think it's somebody he had history with over there from pre-AEW days. Like he had been promoting this match for a while. I was just curious if it was going to come before or after the AEW redebut. I assume the idea is he wanted to get a couple ring rust matches under his belt before he came back to TV, especially knowing that he didn't have the best reputation as being the the most amazing guy to watch in ring. And a lot of people were not really into it. So getting, getting some of that rust off seems like a reasonable call on his part. He's not a 20 minute guy. Mm -mm. I I think back to that match he had with hangman. That Mm -hmm. was, it just felt like it. It died. It did. But like his match against Guevara, the buy-in, that was fine. It was like eight or nine minutes. I enjoyed that one. That was a good match. Yeah. um, Whenever I went to go see the St. Louis show, Dude, he was walking around doing the whole gimmick. Yeah. And uh, he's he's big. He is huge. I saw him yeah. pre that. Um, he's... He I'm, put in I don't a know lot of what, work. Yeah. I don't know what the AE, uh, AEW gimmick is going to be for him, but I'm really excited for him to come yeah. back. The only rumor I've heard is that the new theme song is very metal. That's all I know. And that's just a rumor. But I've heard there's a new metal theme ready to go okay. for him. I don't think he used it overseas because that would seem weird to debut the theme. I'm sure they'd save that for TV. Right. What's uh, what's Penelope been up to? Has she been? So she I was, haven't thought about her in a minute because normally they were like of the package together with Miro. So and I then think, whenever he got hurt. Yeah, I think they've been trying to align the stars for both of them to come back at the same time. Um, I think Penelope was also hurt for a while after that uh, street fight with Ali and why am I forgetting who they actually fought in that, but whoever it was, the the, yeah. the big two-on-two street fight that they had, I think she got hurt in that match or on a dark match right after, depend- right. depending on when dark was taped. Like, I don't know when the studio tapings were, but that was the last time she's wrestled anywhere. The last report I heard about a month and a half ago that was she was cleared and expected to return soon. So I think the delay has just been waiting for Forbidden Door to pass, really. Okay. I think that's been why why they haven't actually come back. But I, to be honest, I fully expect to see them this Wednesday. And if not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday. Like in, yeah, in, really in an entrance, ready to go, ready to re-debut. Especially with the Ring of Honor pay per view coming up, it would not. I was going to say what, he might be an ROH guy. He could very. He and Penelope could very well be like kind of those crossover ROH ones. I still expect we'd see them on AEW as well. I don't but hate that. I think they could. They could do some interesting things there. Um, we don't know what that women's division is going to yeah. look like, but Penelope would be a good, a good person to be near the top of it. And getting Kip in that uh, that TV title picture could be could be a really good fit for him. Yeah, or the, uh, I mean, a program with Pac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that crossed my mind, too, when I knew he was debuting overseas. Was that Atlantic? Pac, Pac is defending that Atlantic championship against Shooter at, a, I think, a progress show coming up. I was that Shooter's... progress or? Um, uh... Oh, RevPro, RevPro. RevPro. Yeah, it's RevPro because that's where Shooter's doing his excursion. But uh, I hope he still has the Death Rider jacket again. Which, by the way. <laughs> Dude, Shota killed it at Forbidden Door. Oh, Jericho did him up, a ton of favors. Yeah, yeah. I, I was explaining to the people were, that we were watching the show with where I'm like, so you remember the young boys that were wearing all black? Uh, whenever yeah. you stop wearing all black, that means that you are a big deal now. Yeah. And he looks a lot better than Master Wado. I'll say yeah. that. His, uh, his um, gear felt very Tanahashi influenced. Yeah. Like, so... I, his excursion has to be coming 
like getting close. Soon, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't he, know. Part of me wants him to join the like combat club officially. Yeah. I think that, that would be a total, to the style. total blast. Oh, oh my man. Shooter um, and youths. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I wanted to touch on was, um, did you see dark this week? Not yet. No. Uh, Jake something showed up. Mm. And this will be his third dark appearance, I believe. And he lost to Matt Seidel. That's disappointing. Yeah. I don't think he's so, won a dark match yet. Nope. So we um, led our five viewers astray whenever we were saying that yep. he might be a big deal in ROH coming yeah, up. Yeah, I think that's... Um, you lose to Matt Seidel, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what that ultimately looks like for him because, you know, whenever he quote-unquote dropped that BLP title, mm. it was like, okay, something's, something's happening. happening he, yeah. he was at the tapings, but then he showed back up in BLP yeah, um, and is now losing clean to Seidel. So maybe this is him, you know, leading to a monster gimmick down the road, but that was something I wanted to touch on because I saw that and I was, yeah. it was, it was a bummer. Um, so before we wrap up, what was your uh, match of the week? Because we only really have Forbidden Door and uh, Blood and Guts. You know, I think... I think I'm going to take Claudio, Zach, just for how big that moment was for Claudio coming out. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think if that match, if that match was just like maybe like three minutes shorter, yeah. Um, I'm taking my victory lap on. I almost said Cassidy Osprey. Yeah, Yeah, that that's on Will Osprey on OC. That match Um, was ridiculous. It had me. It had me. So good. Uh, Yeah, I. I can't avoid it. I think Osprey is my wrestler of the year. Uh, I held on to Bailey as long as I can. Um, But with the yeah, like I said, with the G1 coming up, Osprey is just going. I mean, even though like the G1 blocks are total garbage. Yeah. Um, which by the way, we're doing daily audio right for for G1. We're breaking down every single match in detail. And by the way, we're also ending the show right around the time that G1 comes up. <laughs> our final episode. Um, but yeah, uh, Osprey is killing it. And that match with Orange Cassidy. And the, I didn't even mention Orange Cassidy. That dude is a star mm-hmm. that AEW has in their back pocket. Um, I don't know if they're going to end up pushing him anywhere. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, Orange Cassidy word low title match could pop a number. Let's give it a shot. Did, uh, um, did you watch the press conferences at all after Forbidden Door? I did. Um, I watched. So I, I started listening to the media call, um, but hardly anything ever comes out of that. So mm-hmm. I bailed on that pretty quickly. Um, and then I watched the entire uh, media scrum afterwards. And yeah, there was some stuff in there that I really enjoyed. Honestly, hearing FTR talk and just brag about how awesome they are made me hate them. <laughs> like I'm, I'm kind of the low man on FTR right now. Like I can appreciate what they're doing and they're easily the tag team of the year, but man, I, there's something about those dudes. I can't, I, I don't get pumped whenever they come out. 
I know there's a lot of, you know, people we're friends with who are just, they love FTR. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I just, I'm like, man, these guys are dicks. <laughs> like, I can't, especially the bald one, uh, Dax. I'm like, dude, this, this dude. Oh, there's like a child, like three feet from him. And he's like making the jerk off motion and dropping F-bombs. Like uh, Everybody was dropping F-bombs by AJ. Jay White's was amazing, though. Oh, oh Jay White in the press conference stand. is great. That was why I wanted to ask about it, because Jay White is just a magician at those sorts of things. And Tony like played into it perfect, too. Just kept going on about the fucking belt stand. And I was a little I mean, rattled and... That's the first time we've seen Tony Khan work as a character, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think they had really good interactions with yep. each other. Um, but yeah, that, that, that press conference was really good. Um, the other person that I, I, that kind of stood out to me is Thunder Rosa. Um, I don't know what her long-term goal is in AEW. I still, I know you're, you're definitely not high on her, but I, she's one of those talents that like, I wouldn't be shocked if her deal comes up and WWE throws her the biggest bag that they've offered a woman in a very long time. Um, I just, there's some, there's something about her during this title run that I, it's not clicking and we're well over a hundred days. And I think we're going to look back at this and I think we're going to see that Tony storm was the perfect exit ramp. And um, because honestly, I don't know where we go with her from here. Tony, um, both of them. Or, yeah, I uh, mean, now that I think about it, Tony, we got to find a way to get back into Tony Hater too. Like that match needs twenty minutes. It it does. Yeah, like that will be if you give Tony Storm and Jamie Hater twenty plus minutes, they will put on the best women's match in AEW history. Man, I don't Easy. know this Thunder Rosa. I know it was good, but like really good. The hater is the best kept secret in women's wrestling right now. No, I I showed a fraction of it. So I, I that could be really special, but uh, I really don't know where you go with Rosa either, because it seems like Statlander's going to be the one to dethrone Jade for the TBS one after Athena gets crushed by her or narrowly beaten by her. And I don't know. I hope so. I don't know who's going to take it off Rosa. You could run deep back again. They already started that. They could go back to that program. Past that, I really don't know. How much of a bummer would it be if it's Brit? They just go right back to Brit. That would be a bummer. Yep. And I kind of wondered if that might be what happens. If they do, hopefully it's just a Or we could do Tony Storm again. Yeah, Yeah. that's and that's the thing. They could very well do Tony Storm again. They've set a precedent for losing your first crack at it many, many times. I got one for you. Two-time women's champ, Hikaru Shida. She gets a real a run that doesn't suck this time. I'm all for it. Like one where, not that she Well, sucked, she had the like, pandemic run. That's what that I mean. I don't mean it wasn't, fault. I don't mean it was her fault. I mean, like. Oh, okay. I was like, were, I was like, damn, no. dude, that was. <laughs> God damn. I love Shida. I mean, like she got screwed. Like yeah. the same way Mox is getting a second chance because he had to carry it through an effing pandemic. Shida kind of needs that second chance too. Because they both yeah, got, I didn't think about that. They both got screwed on their first runs, and it wasn't their fault. Like that's what I mean. Like her first run sucked, and she did everything right. Like yeah, because Mox never defended in front of a crowd. No, they said like this was the second time Mox has ever walked out of a building in front of a, well, crowd, a full a, crowd, a full uh, crowd as champion. He won it at Revolution, didn't defend it before the pandemic, and dude, yeah. So that's like, like she did too. Would be good for really Mox. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I hope that he has like a a, a really good run with this. 
Um, I mean, he's not losing it until Punk comes back, so he's got time. So real quick, we we've got a couple minutes left. What's the main event for All Out? Calling your shot now. Because we have no seeds laying for like what it's going to be. No, we don't. All we can say is Punk's probably not back. <laughs> I, think I think we can say he's definitely say. not back. Um, I think we're getting Moxley versus Malachi Black. Brody King won the ra- the Rampage thing. I think that's going to lead to Malachi making the charge for All Out. I think that's the reason Brody won. You got to put a lot of work into Malachi at that. Not point. saying you don't, but I'm saying that's. I think that's the reason Brody won the thing is to set no, up Malachi. No, yeah, yeah. Later on. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it, dude. Blackpool Combat Club versus the. Uh, yeah, like that. What are they a, called? Kings of the Black Throne. Whatever the they're called, team. but there's House of Black. House of Black. Yeah, there's a lot of story there you can go with. A lot of different matches. So I like that a lot. That that's my call. That's the shot I'm calling. Is it too soon for Hangman? I think so. Yeah, I think it is because too soon. We didn't we didn't get into his alcohol abuse with Punk, which I thought was a fucking slam dunk, and we didn't do it. But with Mox, and it's right there. Oh, on the absolutely. Table. Um, but I don't. I, think... I think if you if you do that, that is, man, I I think that that's a build that will sell a lot of pay per views. It's a home run program. But I don't know if they've got Hangman's character to there yet. The whole story with him near the end of Championship Run was him becoming a little bit corrupted with the power, neglecting his Dark Order friends, and like becoming almost a different version yeah. of himself that he didn't like. I don't think they have time to get to that alcoholism build by all. I mean, of. it's by full gear. I September. think they could. Beginning of September? I, That's like two months. It's it's two months, but I think Malachi Black at All Out, Hangman at Full Gear would make more sense. Because then you let Hangman yeah. have to deal with a few more things before they get into it with Mox and really run that. So when do they bring MJF back? Well, we'll talk about that next week. That's we've a got whole, plenty of time. That is a whole other conversation. We've got, yeah. uh, we've got plenty of time for that, so uh, I'll even cut that part out. So, until next week, that's Mitch. I'm Jake. We're the Bingo Hall Boys. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week.